Now, it seems to me when I look around everywhere, um, we are surrounded by things that don't last at all. And in reflecting on this message and this, this, uh, this Christmas season, I was thinking about what was something in my life that, that I really loved, but, but it really didn't really last too long. So when I was a kid, I, um, I really dreamed about having a remote control car. And, um, you know, our, our family, you know, we were pretty... Yeah, we were pretty middle class, and you know, you'd go to Toys R Us as a kid, and you'd just kind of dream. And I'd always kind of walk by the radio-controlled, remote-controlled car section and go, oh man, that would be so cool to get one of these. And, um, and then one Christmas, I opened up this box, and I, I kind of pulled back the paper, and there it was. It was a red... Ferrari, remote control, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome, and I played with that car, and I played with that Ferrari, and it was, it was cool, it was like zipping around and everything like that, it was so awesome, but then, but then after some time, I mean, you guys know how toys go, I was like jumping it off of stairs and all this kind of stuff, and after a while, that plastic kind of got a crack in it, and I was driving it over like a, a rug, and all of a sudden, all that lint from the rug got caught up in the motor, and it kind of jammed it. And over some time, my Ferrari, it, it broke. And, uh, and so that's why, why now, as an adult, I bought a Ferrari last week. And that's why, I, no, no, I'm just kidding about that. I didn't buy that. But what happened? Well, what's that? Like, as a kid, I loved this, but after a while, it, it broke. And, and when I look at my life, I'm like, there are things that, I, that are all around me all the time, but they're really temporal. I mean, think about the technology that we have, right? Cell phones that we've got, the cool, the latest and greatest in technology. In a year, two years, you change your cell phone plan, you renew, and your old phone from two years ago, that's out. And then you get the nude thing. Even if your technology lasts a long time, it's still real temporal. I had a laptop computer with Compact. I love this computer. And uh, it, it, was a, it was a trooper. It ran great. It used to run Windows Millennial Edition back in 2000. I don't know if you ever guys were running Windows ME on your laptops. This bad boy ran Windows ME from 2000 all the way to 2012. <laughs> I was like, I was, yeah. I was like using technology till it dies, you know? <laughs> this little computer, I was typing on it, and then like the screen began to sort of fade a little bit, you know, from the outside in. But yeah, 12 years could run this computer. But it died. It died. Things don't last. How long have you had your car, right? It lasts a long time, but it doesn't last forever. Your house, you've had it for a long time, but does that last forever? I was looking at, you know, even on planet Earth, what is like one of the oldest living things on the planet? And I said, I, there's this tree. It's called the bristlecone pine. It's here in the Sierra Nevadas. You can go and see it. 
You just drive out, you go through Yosemite, and you see it. It's on the eastern side of the Sierras and past that. The bristlecone pine, it's a reserve. They got trees out there that are 5,000 years old. I mean, that is a really long time. And one of these trees is called Methuselah tree. And that's named after Methuselah. He's the oldest guy in the Bible. He lived over 900 years in the Bible. But this Methuselah tree is 4,800 years old. But there's something that's true about that bristlecone pine tree. And that's true about our technology. And that's true about my uh, red Ferrari. It's that all of these things are temporal. All of these things are going to pass away. Everything is going to pass away. But then what if I said this to you? That in our human existence, surrounded by all of these things that are going to come to an end, we have an invitation to something that is eternal. That invitation to something that is eternal and everlasting is the gift of God to all of us at Christmas time. And that is Jesus Christ, the everlasting one who has come into the world at Christmas to make and transform our lives into something that is also everlasting. This really comes together in the teaching of Jesus Christ himself in the Gospel of John. And in John chapter 10, Jesus declares these things about himself as he is talking to the people that are questioning who he is. Jesus is there in Jerusalem in John chapter 10. And he is there at the temple, which is the great place of worship and the great place of teaching for all the Jewish people. And in and around Jesus, there was this question about who is he? Because people in that time, they knew that Jesus was the son of Joseph and Mary. They knew that Jesus Christ was a carpenter. But they asked him, are you the savior of the world? Are you just the son of Joseph and Mary? Are you just a human being like the rest of us? Or are you the Savior? Are you the Messiah? Are you the Christ? Are you the eternal one? Are you the one who our hopes and dreams can hang on? Are you just a human? Or are you something more than that? Are you the Christ? And Jesus Christ responds in this way. He responds in an agrarian model, in a a shepherd and a sheep model, where Jesus talks about himself as the shepherd. And he speaks to the people as his sheep. And this is what he says in John chapter 10. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. 
my Father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. And all the people knew that they were talking, Jesus was talking about the Father in heaven. And then Jesus says this last statement, I and the Father are one. Now there are two things to point out here. And the first is to the person who's here and maybe is not a Christian at all. And if you're here and you're not a follower of Christ, that's just cool that you're here at GRX. It's just cool that you're here. Thanks for coming. But Christmas time and Jesus Christ and John chapter 10, for you, there's an invitation here. An invitation that Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And Jesus is inviting us. Jesus is inviting you to come and follow him. It's for this reason that Jesus came into the world. And this is the big deal about Christmas. See, Christmas is not about the gifts or the presents. And Christianity is not about being religious or acting in this way or that way. Christmas and Christianity is about a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's knowing him and learning how to follow him. So consider this invitation that Jesus says, come and follow me at Christmas and in Christian faith. And secondly, this message for us, for people who are Christians and who follow Christ, the promise is this, follow me and I will give eternal life. And what that means is that if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, that your eternal life is secure and assured in Christ today. That means if you're a follower of Jesus Christ today, that means that you are a part of eternity today, right now. That your yes to Jesus Christ draws you into your eternity. That means your eternal life doesn't start when you die and you cross into heaven. It means that your eternal life actually is operative now. Your eternal life is now. You are an eternal being made eternal by Jesus Christ who calls you. It's like your life right now is a great story that is being written and your life here in this temporal time surrounded by all these things that are gonna pass away. It's your life now. It's like the first chapter of the great story that God is writing for all eternity. And we share this hope and we share this promise because Christ at Christmas time makes these declarations in John. And as he says, I and the Father are one, we have the assurance that these promises are true because our Heavenly Father is one with Jesus Christ who makes these 
promises to us. It's our Heavenly Father whose assurance we can lean into. It's His promise of care and security for us that undergirds this promise of Jesus Christ. See, the word Father contains in it this idea of care, provision, protection, authority, and compassion. And all of these things are seen in the life of Jesus Christ, in his life and the way that he lives. Now, sometimes for us, as humans, we have trouble with this idea of God being our father. Because what happens is we take our experiences of our human fathers, of our temporal fathers. We take how our fathers have treated us, and then what we do is we project that on to God. And we say, well, how can God be a loving father to me? How can Jesus Christ, how can he, how can he embody that loving father to me? Because I just had a really bad father. But see, that's, that's taking the temporal and looking at the eternal. And what God is saying is, no, we need to reverse that. We need to take the eternal and then project from that back onto the temporal. Meaning we need to take the eternal understanding of the Father and then from that we model our human temporal fatherhood from that. So what do we see in Jesus Christ? We see in Jesus Christ in the way that he lived and in the way that he died. We see him modeling the ultimate in fatherhood. We see in Jesus Christ authority. We see in Jesus Christ protection. We see in Jesus Christ provision. We see in Jesus Christ care, gentleness, truth, sacrificial love, even to the extent of laying down his life for the children of God. That is fatherhood. And that's what all human fathers should aspire to. That is Jesus Christ, eternal, everlasting, and Father, who invites us into that loving, eternal relationship with Him. There's a well-known missionary and missiologist. He's a pastor and theologian. His name is Leslie Newbigin. And Leslie Newbigin has wrote a book called The Light Has Come, reflecting on Jesus Christ. The light has come, the light coming into the world. And Leslie Newbigin says this, Jesus' loving care for his flock, for his sheep, for his children, is in fact the Father's love and care. No separation can be made between them. The security which the followers of Jesus have is the absolute security of dependence on the Father For the love of Jesus is, in fact, the love of God in action. And that's the great security that we have at Christmas. That's the great gift of the everlasting Father coming to human form in the life of Jesus Christ. It's the security and hope that comes from the capacity to know Jesus, who is our everlasting Father.
Now, in a moment, I, I'm really excited about this for us, for me, and for all of you. In a moment, we're going to have an opportunity to hear a story from a woman in our church that's going to expand a little bit more and augment and illustrate what I was trying to get at with this message on Everlasting Father. So I'm going to invite uh, Hannah Kanazawa to just come forward. And, and as Hannah's coming, a lot of you'll know Hannah, her husband Eric, and her kids. And you know Hannah and, and Eric have been longtime GRXers. And uh, she's going to come up and share. And now people might be wondering, like, why am I doing this? Why are we doing this as part of the message? And I'm doing this to form us as a church. See, the church is not a bunch of programs. And a church as a people, it's not a performance. The church is people. We are the church. We are God's people. That's what the church is. Not performance, not program. And each person's life here is a gift to our community at GRX. How are we growing? How are you growing? What is God doing in our lives? I get to hear the cool stories that are happening out here. And so this is an opportunity for us as a community to hear our stories, to get to know one another more. And remember, it's a real person up here. Hannah's a real person like you, sharing with all her great qualities and also all of her foibles, right? We know Hannah. (laughs) Me too. I have gaps in my character and I have cool things about me. But we're all human. We're all real people. And so just as you're listening to Hannah's story, I invite you to do a couple things. It's kind of, it's a little nervous up here sometimes to talk. So just as you listen to Hannah, I invite you to pray for Hannah as she's sharing, sharing, as you're sharing your story. Pray that we would celebrate God's work in Hannah's life and see how God is at work. All right. So Hannah, here we're going to start you off. I've asked Hannah to reflect on this, and then we'll see where she goes. Hannah, so we've been talking about Everlasting Father. So where in your life, in your life story, have you experienced the eternal nature of God and God as the Everlasting Father for you? Sure. Um, So I just want to thank you guys for allowing me to share. Um, There's two things that actually come up for me in my life, um, and I'll share both. Um, one uh, is just my recent illness, and the other, my mom. So I wanted to share a little bit about that. Um, many of you guys know about this, but um, after several months, um, I was finally diagnosed um, with a rare chronic br- brain illness um, called Tolosa Hunt syndrome. And it caused a lot of um, very difficult and challenging symptoms for me um, throughout last year. Um, some of those uh, symptoms, I had really extreme head pain. I still experience some of that now. Um, nerve issues, muscle issues. Um, I uh, My eyes stopped working. I um, wasn't able to walk on my own, um, had to be helped, uh, assisted with a wheelchair. Um, and you know, and life goes on. Um, 
And my husband, you know, my husband, Eric, he took really good care of me, but he eventually had to go back to work. And um, I even had a nurse come to my home, and this is a very humbling experience. Um, she would come um, every other day just to help me bathe. Um, so it was really difficult time uh, for me physically. I had... Um, I even had some trouble speaking. It was hard. Uh, it's called aphasia, um, just finding words. Um, so there was a lot of things um, that happens in the brain, and this inflammation that was happening in my brain caused a lot of these symptoms. So um, I know that a lot of you suffer that with me, um, and I know that because so many of you reached out and you cared and you loved me and you loved my family. Um, you prayed for me. Um, you prayed for all of us. Um, and many of you even brought um, gift of food, <laughs> which was great for my family. Um, I'm a terrible cook. Eric's actually the cook in our family. Um, but it was so nice to not worry about, um, you know, everyone being taken care of and fed. So that was um, so great, and I'm so gr grateful for your fellowship in Christ, so thank you. But I have to say, um, I was uh, frustrated at times. You know, there's so many times that I couldn't move and I couldn't do anything. I was laying in bed, and I just felt stuck. Um, you know, uh, I felt stuck. I felt weak. And um, But I did rise and find some strength. Um, in Christ. And that was um, just trusting the Lord. And as Scott was mentioning today, you know, just believing and trusting in Christ um, allowed me to sort of explore this idea that, wow, you know, God is everlasting. And, and how that came about, I'm going to share with you. So over my lifetime, I've been a Christian all my life, and um, I have to say it's kind of, life is just my training ground. I think God has um, always used it as a training. He still uses it as my training ground just to continue to show me how much he loves me. And um, over this, over my lifetime, um, he showed me how he provides. He always provides. He's a great provider. Um, he showed me that um, he heals, that his grace is sufficient, um, and that uh, most importantly, um, he has a plan for my life, and that plan is actually a good plan, um, even if I don't understand that plan at the time. So um, many, many friends, I think many people as they witness, believers and non-believers alike, um, just, you know, just people, um, they ask, you know, how, how do I see my illness as, as something good? <laughs> uh, because, you know, I didn't stop, stop praising the Lord um, while I was ill. Um, and, you know, how do you equate um, goodness in something where I just felt physically stuck and I felt so weak? Um, and here's kind of just my take on it. <laughs> so suffering, you know, we all suffer. You know, suffering is an undeniable, regular, normal, life-happening thing that happens to all of us. Um, you know, believe it or not, we are, uh, we live in a fallen world. We live in a world that's corrupted, and um, and suffering is just part of that, you know. Um, just because you're a believer doesn't mean that you're not going to suffer. You know, you're going to still go through trials, and you're going to go through hard times. So while I was undergoing treatments um, for my illness, um, I held on to God's promise for me. He had promised me, and he had, he's always said, and he says this for you. He has a plan, and that plan is good. So I trusted God, and I um, kind of held him to, my, to his promise. And something um, which was so comforting is that he reminded me through his word. 
Um, he reminded me over over um, his great love for me. And as we um, even consider Christmas right now, I, I just, you know, it kind of gives me chills because, you know, it's that gift of Christ um, and his great love for us. You know, the only reason we even have Christ is because he loves us so much. And it is amazing that he would um, give us this child, this gift, um, so that we can have access and have um, a gateway into our eternal father. So... What I understood and what I learned um, over and over <laughs> um, is that it's really not about the circumstances. It's about God, and it's about God's love for me. It's about God's love for you. And it really um, dawned on me that it was God's priority in me and that it was um, to really allow him to reach out his hand and say, you know what, take hold of it. Here's Jesus. Take hold of it. This is your access to me eternally. There's a verse that um, sits on my bookshelf next to my nightstand, and um, it's a project that my small group, some of you guys uh, may have done this with me. Um, we did this little art project, and the verse goes, Ephesians 3, 20, 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power, that is at good work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So this, this stayed like literally at my eyesight view as I laid in bed almost all day, every day. And uh, with a huge thankful heart, I would read this because I understood that God's plan for me was going to be immeasurably more than I could imagine or even ask. So even though I was so physical, incapable at the time, and I would ask, I would ask, I would pray, and I said, God, please heal me, you know, and I knew and I trusted the Lord that he could do that. Uh, at the same time, I felt like, okay, time's going on and I'm not better. <laughs> um, of course, it's in God's timing, right? But, um, you know, I kind of wondered, I said, well, God, you know, what is your purpose then? What, you know, what purpose am I serving then, you know, in, in this world for you? How am I able to give glory to you? And this verse would just stare back at me and it talks about his power and that power being in me and his power is at work within us is what the verse says. And um, over and over, I kept thinking about that and realizing that his measurable power, um, Christ, was in me. And his glory already shone because of that. And um, I wanted to share a little bit about my mom. So in about three weeks, um, on January 7th, my mom um, passed away five years ago, and she uh, went to be with the Lord. And um, she she suffered as well um, with some physical health. She had stage three cancer and suffered for um, almost 10 years um, in and out of um, chemotherapy, radiation, surgeries, over and over. And um, and she's also a believer. So, you know, in, in her life, watching her, um, standing by her going through this, um, I remember thinking, you know, she um, was so physically weak, um, but I remember admiring just um, her strength to keep going, to keep going on. And um, so my mom loved the Lord. She feared the Lord. 
And I saw that in even her frailty um, and even in her suffering, um, she had great strength. And um, my, my mom was super kooky. I'm, I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard some of my stories about my mom. Um, but, you know, the one great thing that she would always say is, ah, Christ has victory. Christ already won. And, you know, a lot of times you kind of like, oh, okay, thanks, mom. <laughs> um, you know, and she would kind of throw that out anytime, all the time, whenever. So it wasn't, you know, it was sort of a drowned message. And I realized, you know, through my own suffering, and um, I don't know about you guys, but when you're sick and you're really, really sick, everybody wants their mama. Okay, so <laughs> while I'm laying in bed and I'm super sick, I'm thinking about my mom and missing her. And I remember her saying, Christ has victory. He has victory. He already won. He already won. And I started to think about that. And as this verse, you know, still Ephesians 3, 2021 is staring back at me. I was considering, you know, well, what does that really mean? You know, Christ won already. Well, it means that God is such an eternal God and Christ, you know, as we read in John, you know, I and him are one. I and the father are one. Um, we know that, you know, because Christ's power is in us, and as we believe and have faith in him, we have that eternal gift. We have that eternity. So doctors have told me that my illness is rare, and um, this little weird fact is kind of interesting to me. So when they diagnosed me, they said that there is one case of my illness diagnosed in the world in a year. So 2013 was my winning number <laughs> for my illness. Um, I was a lucky person. <laughs> but, you know, what's not rare is suffering, suffering and pain. We all go through it. We all go through a tough time. Maybe you're going through it now. Maybe um, you already just came over the big hump of one. But um, life circumstances, it's going to happen. Suffering happens, and, you know, it's not fun to go through. But I want to encourage you today, and as I share, is as you go through that, um, to really lean on the strength of Christ. Because that is something, you know, even health is temporary. You know, Pastor Scott was talking about all the things in life that are temporary. Even your health is, it's temporary. You know, our lives here, that's temporary. <laughs> you know, all of that is temporary. But what's eternal is this amazing gift that God gives us in a baby, you know, baby's birthday coming up. And um, I want to encourage you to, to look at the big picture and understand in that big picture that God intensely loves us, you know, no matter what, he intensely loves you. This is why he extends his hand and invites us um, through Jesus as, a, as the access point. He invites us um, to be with him because he loves us so much. He wants us to be with him eternally. So for me, <laughs> I, I still have symptoms. I still have really bad days and good days as well. So I just thank God when I, you know, can do things or, or um, you know, do what I can um, to live on. So uh, that's what I do. I just keep living on. Uh, my illness is supposed to be chronic, but meh happens again, it happens again. <laughs> but I know that God is always with me. And, um, and I hope to just continue to worship him, to love him, to praise him, to pray, to teach, to encourage others.
And I want to encourage you today. Pray that you have a desire for God's purpose. And be reminded that his purpose is all about his love for you. And that love for you is that power that he wants to give us in Christ. To be with him eternally. So as we remember Christmas um, and the baby that binds all of us together, uh, just remember the gift that the eternal Christ gives us. He gives us access. He gives us this great blessing and how great it is that um, we can be loved and cared for and provided for and sheltered, hugged, you know, this giant, giant arm of open invitation from our Lord, who is our heavenly and eternal Father. So I hope that if you haven't accepted that gift, that you can, because it is free. It's so easy. So thank you for letting me share. Let's go ahead and pray together. Lord God, thank you so much for um, your work in Hannah's life and her witness to you, sharing her story. God, thank you for the gift that she is and you are in her life. God, thank you that you are at work in our lives, that you are our eternal Father, and you call us, God, to know you uh, eternally. God, I pray that even as we continue to worship and as we continue through this season of Advent, that more and more you would draw our hearts and our minds to see you to love you more, and to recognize that you, God, make a way for us to become eternal with you. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.